<clears throat> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Maybe Next Year. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. And Scott, just joining us now. Very good. Well done, Scott. Scott is just getting on the line here as we uh, as we get started. I am started. Scott. I am on my and, own. Uh, Do I sound okay? Yes, you sound great, Mr. Great. Black. You sounded a little like that <laughs> that Krusty the Clown uh, camp clip where they, they, they <laughs> dub over the name. <laughs> and, oh, God. I'm, I'm also uh, sick. So Oh, man. I'm just getting I'm over being sick. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe I mean, yeah, aside from sounding like a sick guy on your phone, you sound phenomenal. But no, you, you, you sound good. Maybe next bacteria. Yeah, when I got off the phone with you last week, I pretty much went to bed and woke up and had 102 fever, and that wasn't good. Yeah. Oh, geez. I thought um, you were going to go with that. Like, yeah, after last week, I pretty much went to bed and woke up before this podcast. Yeah, it, it was pretty close. It was pretty close. <laughs> Speaking of 102, the Buffalo Bills were hot and on fire as they torched the Dolphins. I mean, I only watched the first half, which, you know, they were up, you know, handily 21 to three, 21 to six. So I assume they won about 42 to 12, right? Oh, yep. oh no, they, they only uh, won 24. They to took 10. the foot off the gas. They took their foot off the gas. They did not have the killer instinct, but they did have enough to win. Um, the Bills finished the, the second half with a field goal and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, go that way. The Bills won an important home game against a division rival in a playoff race in December. And we haven't won in 17 years. We haven't gotten to the playoffs. I will take it. Right. So I'm only going to be passingly critical on style points at least. Um but I look, it was a good game. They 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 handled the Dolphins and then in the second half the Dolphins dolphin the Dolphins. Um Kenyon Drake got off to a hot start and then did nothing. Um Jay Cutler threw uh, what I said on Twitter was an all-time fuck it throw if I've ever seen one in my life. He absolutely gave up at the end of the football game. I don't know why. Um, I suppose that's why he's Jay Cutler. But I'm interested in your thoughts on, you know, a pretty convincing victory for the Bills, maybe? Scott? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll keep it brief sure. uh, per the, the sickness. But basically, yeah, I mean, uh, I watched the game today. Um you know, I think I was pretty surprised. I think we were all a little concerned given how the Patriots had just gone in and lost to Miami in Miami. And admittedly, obviously a different, you know, obviously the Bills being at home and Miami being at home in their game against the Pats, but still like did not even see the Dolphins really get out of bed or, um, and, and really not really get much going at all in the first half, apart from two kind of semi-long drives that ended in field goals and their defense basically get, get shredded, um, for lack of a better term, um, by Dara Taylor. Um, certainly not <clears throat> a uh, all-star performance in the second half from anybody, um, but at the same time, you know, there, I think there was – it was really pretty late that the Dolphins actually started putting things back together, and the Bills had some unfortunate kind of penalties and and uh, and miscommunications and, and bad and, you know, just, just kind of little things that tripped them up in the second half, which is something we've seen a lot of. Um, also, we've seen a lot of them failing to cash in on turnovers, which was, again, a, a bad theme. But again, like, you know, as, as I indicated when I interrupted Frank earlier, like, it's been 17 years, and as long as we're winning the game in December to keep us in the playoff race, I'm not going to complain too much. Like, yeah, is this a team that looks like it's going to the Super Bowl? No. But, you know, I'm pretty sure if you looked at, you know, the 2011 Giants or, you know, whatever that was that, that year they won in and they won at 8-8, eight and eight, um, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have looked that good the week prior either. So, um, you know, weird stuff happens. And as long as you get into the tournament, you, you got a chance. And 
Uh, we obviously will talk about that later on the show, but I think, um, you know, obviously we're, we'll, uh, it was nice to, to beat the Dolphins and it's a division game too. So that, that made me feel good and put an end to Zayer season because they still had some outside, outside shot at the playoff um, chance uh, that is now essentially gone. Yep. And that's, uh, you know, that Scott's very much on point. You know, it's funny, you did note we were, uh, you know, all concerned, which we all were about after the Dolphins coming off their Patriots victory. But I believe we all picked the Bills to win. So even though we knew that the Dolphins would be, could be a, a, a bad matchup, we recognize that the Bills also presented the Dolphins a lot of problems that the Dolphins had, I think, three or four times previously in the recent history, gone and beat New England home only to go to Buffalo and lose. So they tended to follow that trend fairly closely. So it was a game, you know, I, as you know, Frank and Scott both point out, I don't want to nitpick it too much. The negative Nan, Nancy, negative Nelly, whichever it is in me, you know, wants to, you know, talk about the second half and how they did uh, everything they could to lose. But thankfully, Jay Cutler on the last drive just decided either we're going to we're going to score on these next two plays or we're not. So I'm just going to keep throwing it downfield, even if there are only bills there. Um, it's really the first half that stands out. As I commented on, on on Twitter during the game, that was the strongest half of the year, I would say, for this team. If you can think of another one, you know, let me know. But uh, they just came out, and it, it's like, you know, Tyrod looked good, LaShawn looked good. Cadet made some good plays as a, from a backup running back spot. The defense gave up some drives, but they ended in field goals because they became stout the second that Miami got in position to score touchdowns. And right. When you can put yourself up 21 to six at the half and then quickly capitalize off a turnover to make it uh, 24 to six early in the third after stopping them on, on defense after Miami gets the ball to open the third quarter, you put yourself in a position for the rest of the game whereby things are, you know, you, you've set yourself up for a victory. And that's why, you know, the first half counts. They played beautifully well. They played, uh, you know, Colton Schmidt. I always mention him every week, it seems, but so many puns inside the five or inside the 10. He landed one at the one. The Bills tended to win the field position bat all day, save their one dumb penalty on a, a punt return where Miami got the ball at the 13-yard line of the Bills after yeah. a punt. Um, but other than, than that, I mean, the numbers don't jump off the page at you on offense, you know, especially at the slowdown in the second half. But it's all about being effective and scoring touchdowns when you have the chance. And for right. one half of football, they were. And then let's be be uh, straight too. As well as as much as I, I, you can blame some of the play calling on Dennison after they, you know, with the slowdowns in the second half and the fact that um, you know they seem to lose creativity after the first couple series of the game. Uh, you know, Miami is also a really good defense. So it's not, you know, they shut down the Patriots on every third down opportunity last week, the entire game. And the Bills converted 40 plus percent of theirs, which even later in the game when they weren't scoring, they were at least keeping possession, taking time off the clock. And that's all you, you want. So all in all, um, you know, as they say, lower your standards. I mean, this was, uh, this was what the Bills need to do. They won a big December game at home for the first time since we have known each other. Uh, this team will be alive going into week 17 in the playoff hunt. Yeah, well, um, other than the uh, – I think that Pittsburgh game should probably technically count as being alive, even though they they also needed help. But. Right, well, I mean, we didn't meet each other until after that game. So Really? Okay. It was 05, the beginning of 05. You. I trust you. All my all those <laughs> memories bleed together for me. Our um, first Bills touchdown we ever witnessed together, that should be a trivia question one day, was uh, J.P. Lossman to Jason Peters. Yes. 
the uh, the old that was the first game of the year, and it was the old tackle eligible yeah. play that they used to run with the other guy and back in the one that went to WWE or wanted to be in WWE. Oh, Mitch Ferrat, yeah, Ferrat. the late Mitch um, Ferrat. He did yeah. die today, so we won't talk about him anymore. That's sad. I mean, <laughs> not that we won't talk about him. Uh, <laughs> there was an interesting fourth down that he went for on fourth and seven. Oh, I yeah, fourth and seven. And I, I, you know, a lot of people, I understand the thing, you know, you don't really need to go downfield there, but I'm like, it's a, I appreciate the fact that they were bold on that, that, that play call. Yes, I understand they could have done better, but it would have been a nail in the coffin. The play was there. Tyrod just slightly overthrew it. Dolphins weren't yep. expecting the deep ball. There was enough logic there where I was okay with the fourth and seventh play. Yeah, and I think when we were talking about it online, I did the math. Like, if you if you missed and you ended up in the end zone, well, you're only saving yourself, like, 15 yards or something. It wasn't, like, a, like a massive gash of yards between the 20 and the 37 or wherever they were. Um Right, with an 18-point lead at the time you hit it, and it's 25, right. destroyed the Dolphins' running game the rest of the day. They really can't run the ball. They don't have time to. Yeah, that sequence at the was ridiculous at the end, with all, uh, not quite at the end, with the Dolphins-Washington and, and that penalty, uh, like, so far away from the play is clearly over, and to, like, sort of get dragged into that was um, pretty remarkable to me. I don't know if, Scott, like they, if they showed that in the recap, but, I mean, it was... It was a pretty dumb penalty that he took. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like things were getting a little out of hand with the the unnecessary roughnesses and the. And right. the I mean, some of that was probably mm -hmm. deserved, but some of that might have been the refs just kind of uh, overexerting themselves a little bit. Tyrod Taylor, it's seventeen to twenty nine, two hundred and twenty four yards at a touchdown, um, compared to Jay Cutler's twenty eight for forty nine for two seventy four and three picks. So, I mean, that this was this was the the perfect uh, Tyrod Taylor game, right? Like this is exactly what offense is going to be and supposed to be other than they probably wish they executed a bit more in the second half and ran a little bit better. Uh, but by and large, this is how this team wants to play so early and fend off the team. Um, Scott, do you have three cards for us? Or sorry. Or I do. And I will, I will go on to the defense. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um Basically, yeah, no, I was going to say that Tyrod, one of the stats I saw was that he was one of six when throwing down the field more than 20 yards, but Jay Cutler was one of seven with two interceptions. Right. So, again, like, it, he is not a great quarterback, perhaps, but he is certainly not the worst quarterback. That no. Pretty, and any three six deep balls. So, or three. Yeah. No, and so, some of those were right on it or pretty close to it. I mean, it's a 50 50 ball at some point. So, right. He did throw a few of those, and I was happy to see that, that he yeah. was trying to trust his receivers a bit more, which was, you know, going to work out. Yeah, and I think the game plan, frankly, was probably not to attack the Dolphins secondary because they had just, you know, done a pretty good job against Brady, that Xavier um, Holland guy or whatever his name was had, like, picked off Brady twice. So, you know, there's a certain argument to maybe attack with the tight ends and the backs instead, which they mm -hmm. did pretty effectively the whole game. Um, so uh, we do have three stars. Uh, honorable mention is Tyrod Taylor, 17-29, to in the touchdown, but also six carries and 42 yards and touchdown on the ground, which is, again, part of his game. And and was uh, was enough to get the job done today, and I think it deserves an honorable mention for that, um, or today through Sunday, whatever day it was. Mm -hmm. um, so your third star is going to be LaShawn McCoy, who 
did not have the best game of his career, certainly. Uh, 20 carries for 50 yards is not particularly good at two and a half yards carry. He did get the touchdown. He also had the four catches and 46 yards and a nice touchdown, a nice touchdown uh, on a probably a pass interference that should have been called on the Bills uh, on offense. That was a pretty brutal pick that the Dolphins <laughs> had. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go over 10,000 yards, you get a star. You kind of have to get into the stars. So he gets. It's all back that piece because look at all the, the damage he did in the first half was enough to help the Bills win that game. So yeah. forget the fact that his yards per carry went way down the second half because the Dolphins and, were expecting a run. Yeah. And and the offensive line continues to not be able to block for him. Pre- <laughs> I say I say it was typical basis. shady. He got his ten thousand yards and then he checked out because he's selfish. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hot take. Although I will take uh, I will take a, a great selfish player over an average team player. But that's a that's an off season discussion. This is rapidly approaching as much as I might think it is otherwise. Um, so um, second star was going to be uh, Charles Clay. Five okay. catches for sixty eight yards, and uh, again, and some good run blocking as well. Had a nice game, kind of all around. And again, like when he's in there, clearly at this point, he is the guy who has the most chemistry with with Taylor, and he still has the, the athleticism to kind of get downfield, which is something that we miss. Um, he's being gone, and Watkins being gone, and to have Charles in there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, first star, um, I'm going to kind of just I don't. There's too many of them to combine into one name, so I'm going to call them all out individually. Ryan Davis, Matt Milano, Eddie Yarbrough, and all people who, if you had told me that they were going to play like significant roles in the defense this year, I would have been pretty concerned. <laughs> Together, they all pretty much put together like again like they're all a bit role players they all are backups and substitutes and guys who come on late in the season obviously milano kind of starting now but um guys who are kind of um pulled together after that kind of mid-season collapse um they've kind of allowed themselves to to roll back into it now obviously the dolphins and some of these other teams that we played are not as good as the teams you know as the the Saints and potentially the Chargers might be. Um, but at the same time, you know, Davis had a sack and a half. Uh, Milano had half a sack and was, again, good in run defense. Darborough had a sack. Pretty sure was on the team, wasn't even on the team like three or four weeks ago. He had a sack. So, again, um, you know, good team effort. You know, you kind of want to say a bit of like a no-name defense. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot of talented players in the NFL, guys who can play in the league. Um, some of it's the scheme, I'm sure. Some of it's just these guys being in the right place at the right time. But, um, you know, I think it's a good – it was a good defensive effort. Um, you know, again, that special – the really the last touchdown that the Dolphins had was pretty close to basically a special team touchdown. Like they got the ball at the 15, frankly. Um, something like that, right? No, no, they got yeah, the – Yeah, 13. Field. Yeah, no, you're right. 13-yard line, they got it. Mm-hmm. So um, – Anyway, so good job by the defense, especially some of the unsung players who don't get uh, talked about probably as much as they could. So those are your three stars. Huzzah. Thank you so much uh, for the three stars. Once again, uh, they they rock our socks off. Let's let's briefly touch on um, the Pro Bowl. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Micah Hyatt, and Richie Incognito will be your three Buffalo Bills uh, joining the Pro Bowl roster. Uh, they were so honored this week. Uh, Tredavious White, I suppose, is the one that people would say would maybe be has been snubbed or uh, did not 
Yeah, and maybe Hauschka as well. You want to add to that group? Hauschka has been absolutely money, and that, that which kicker did make it in the AFC? The Steelers kicker, I forget his name, and I, he his he he's missed two extra points. He's missed more field goals than Hauschka as well, but he's kicked. He's got a lot of points by virtue of the fact that the Steelers score a lot. He's had a lot of chances to kick extra points. Right. He is not seven of eight from 50 plus yards and only missed two kicks all years and no extra points. So. Right. So uh, that's okay, though. I mean, we, we love Stephen Hauschka, so we believe that he is worthy and we will we will honor right. him as such on our podcast. So if the Bills don't make the Super Bowl, let's root for the Steers to make the Super Bowl and hopefully that clears up a spot for him. We'll see. I, well, if for no other reason, then we don't want the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. True enough. They have, they, of course, clinched the division uh, this week with a controversial call over the Steelers. Um, otherwise, we'd be talking about the AFC East implications <laughs> of this game. <laughs> this division week. on the line. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, uh, but but congratulations to them. I, I I think it's hard to to say, at least for me, how guard play is. But I mean, people seem to think Richie Incognito is good, and he hasn't. This is not his first time. Micah Hyde certainly has been a very good pickup for the Bills, and noticeable. I think more so in the first half of the year. And you know, Lashawn McCoy has been um, Lashawn McCoy. His his numbers have gone up in the second half from everything. Running has actually gotten better. Um, since the since the bye week, um, so but and good for good for him for being a, a star caliber player who gets, you know, to bring Buffalo some shine. Any any other thoughts on the on the Pro Bowl selections, or are you ready to talk playoffs? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah you know, Pro Bowl selections are good to talk about. One McCoy, even though he's had a bit of a down year, what was interesting to me when I looked at running backs going into the week, he was like less than a hundred yards off the NFL lead. Now he's about 150 or so because I forgot it was Bell, I think, had a big game for the Steelers. Right. So he's, he's, he's back a bit. But it, it just goes to show you the emphasis on passing now in the NFL. We've started to see receivers routinely putting up 1,500 yards or more. Antonio Brown has hit that mark, and he's going to miss the last two games of the season. Yet running back totals seem to go down a little bit more. So, you know, over 1,000 yards already at, at this point in the uh, season, which he had after last game, and then putting up 50-plus against a good defense. Heck, he's he's very much deserving. He's in the top three or four in terms of yards rushing the AFC and, and definitely deserves it, and he is the difference maker on that Bills offense, you know, without a doubt. Hi, boy, what a revelation Micah Hyde has been. He was, you know, he was one of those free agent signs, like, what are they going to do with him? Is he, he was kind of an okay safety, I guess, but he was an average corner at, at best, so – they signed this big deal. We'll see if it works. And boy, one Bills drive knew what they were doing. They saw where his skill set was. They knew it matched well with what they were trying to do. And he's fit in perfectly. And they have him under contract for three or four more seasons at a very reasonable cost. Uh, so so good on him. He makes a lot of game-changing plays, too, with interceptions. Um, and Richie is, you know, he's been consistent all year. He's had a couple off games this, this season. But for the most part, he has been the one guy who's, you know, opens up those holes in the run game. He stayed relatively clear of the holding calls, though, again, he's had a couple rough games in that regard. And um, pass protection has just been remarkably consistent since he joined the squad. So I think all three players are deserving. I think Trey White faces faced an uphill battle because that's such a name position cornerback, and he is not a name yet. He is a rookie who's playing great football, but unless you are a pro football-focused subscriber or a team that's played the Bills in recent weeks, you probably haven't heard of him. Uh, my favorite Pro Bowl tidbit is, uh, Mike Tolbert being an alternate fullback, and yeah. when he was interviewed about that today, calling it a joke, said he's not played one snap at fullback all year, and that's ridiculous. But if the guys in front of him go down, 
he's happy to play. But it's funny, like there are 13 teams in the AFC that have a fullback, including uh, the Bills, who didn't have a pro, <laughs> who didn't have a fullback named as an alternate. Uh, <laughs> and I guess Demarco is pretty upset, so Tilbert had to go over and talk to him and be like, "Look, I'm sorry, you know, it's you know not real, it's popularity contest, whatever." But that was that was my favorite tidbit is that Mike Tolbert is an alternate at fullback when he has played, according to him, zero snaps at fullback this season. I think it's good that Mike Tolbert is being selected as an alternate fullback because fullback should never get the football, and neither should <laughs> Tolbert. So. Yeah, maybe that's a <laughs> subtle hint. It's like, hey, this is what you should stick to because you were good at that. The um, I'll also say briefly that um, – I mean, I think it's good that Micah Hyde got it. I think he's well-deserving. I also think it's probably one of those where he gets a little bit of a public bump because, like, I think they usually sort the things. Like, I, I did not vote for the Pro Bowl this year. I'm sure you guys did. But usually, like, they'll have, like, the little stats on the side, and they usually yep. set, sort those by interceptions. So him being, like, leading the league in interceptions or close to it probably helped. And, uh, yeah, no, I thought that Tolbert thing was uh, pretty amusing as well. <laughs> And, oh, and the other thing I was going to say about Hyde, too, is not just the interceptions, but actually, I mean, he basically forced one of the interceptions on Sunday with one of his blitzes. That was particularly well-timed, yeah. and I think that was the one that went right to Poyer. Um, so, it's, uh, so no, he, he's really all over the field. I think, I think Poyer probably had a shot earlier in the season. Obviously, again, the there it's such a kind of stupid thing to judge everything by stats, but that's kind of how it ends up turning out. I think if he had more picks, he would be, he would be in there as well. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the Pro Bowl. I don't You're, I don't really care that much. And talking about the uh, interception stat reminded me of that it was the late eighties, very late eighties, might have been eighty nine or ninety, when uh, Wayne Haddix had a season for the Buccaneers at safety where he led the NFL in interceptions because they just kept throwing at him because they didn't think it was a very good uh, safety. But he led the league in interceptions, ended up making the Pro Bowl, ended up being the most phenomenal player in the secondary and Tecmo Super Bowl with David Fulcher being the possible exception, who could intercept nearly everything. So he uh, he cultivated his reputation on just having a lot of interceptions one year. And then the hilarious or sad backstory to that then is he only played in the NFL not even one more full season. They caught him after two-thirds of the next season because he was uh, struggling at corner so much. But, yeah, interceptions tend to tend to weigh into it. There are a lot of uh, stat geeks who just see the interception stats and be like, yeah, vote for that guy. But hey, you're as you said, Scott, he's done other things to contribute, and I, you know, still definitely deserved it. Very good. That was a that was a nice, robust discussion on the Pro Bowl selections. Right, that's actually more robust than any of the the action you'll see in the Pro Bowl. Probably, I think that is a fair assessment. <laughs> Another fair assessment. Um, here come the Buffalo Bills. They currently okay. So the way it sits, if I hit reset, it says forty. The Bills have a forty-four percent chance of making the playoffs right now with nothing, nothing chosen, nothing decided. Um, According to your New York times playoff simulator times playoff simulator. If I, if I choose to select the Patriots and then the bills in week 17, it becomes a 71, 70% uh, chance of making the playoffs. And if I, if, if I do the unthinkable, and they win their two games, it's a 95% chance of scenarios. So I, I only have two scenarios that I'm going to offer you. Um, one is if the Bills are 10-6, and six, in which case they would just need uh, one of the following to happen. The Colts to beat the Ravens uh, in Week 16, the Rams to beat the Titans in Week 16, or the Jags to beat the 49ers in Week 16. Um, 
or in week 17, the Bengals to beat the Ravens or the Jags to beat the Titans, essentially avoiding the only thing that would kick them out would be a four-way 10-6 and six tie with the Ravens, the Jaguars, and the Titans. Um, that would, unfortunately, leave the Bills out at 10-6. and six. Um, Your other option is the Bills at 8-8. Eight and eight can get in. If they lose this week and also lose to the Dolphins, they need tons of help, but it's possible. They need the Colts to beat the Ravens and the Chiefs to beat the Dolphins and the Jets to beat the Chargers in week 16. And then in week 17, they need the Bengals to beat the Ravens. And in which case, from my understanding is they would get in at eight and eight based on the New York times playoff scenarios. Um, I don't exactly understand how that would work other than they would win some sort of tiebreaker, obviously with the, um, Dolph with the with the Ravens, um, and the Jets would not have an or sorry the 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 Chargers would have not have enough um, wins to to matter. Now um, the hilarious thing about those the what I would call those the extreme scenarios is the the scenarios Frank ran through right now. Both of them combined have maybe what a two percent chance of happening, but those those would be amusing if either of those happened. Yeah, I feel like side, which is my which is my favorite. Right. Like I, I feel like the either what's going to happen because they're the Bills is they will manage to go 10 and 6 and they'll have the most extreme set of circumstances conspire to get against them to miss the playoffs. Or the, the most Billsy way to end the drought would be to collapse at 8 and 8, but watch every team around you also collapse and then back your way into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I, I, I each would be equally appropriate to me. Is it more Billsy to go 8 and 8 and make it or to go 10 and 6 and not make it? Oh, mm. man. Wow, um, I'd say yeah. I mean, I have to say ten and six and and not make it. I think it's close though because it's like we never finished ten and six in the drought and right. To, and you know, it would be particularly brutal to do it that way. But I feel like if we were actually ten and like if we were, if we ended the season ten and six, I'd be like, this is a pretty good team. Like if we beat the Pats, the Pats and the Dolphins the last the next two weeks, and we yeah, I mean yeah, getting in the playoffs is nice. And God knows anything could happen next year, and there's no guarantees about any of this with health right. and contracts and everything. But I'd feel pretty confident about this team, like going into the off season. Whereas, you know, eight and eight, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's that's totally it. like I'd be, I'd have no confidence going into the playoffs. And for me, it's always been like, if you get a wild card and you lose in the in the wild card game, you could have, you didn't really make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, I, I will count it for purposes of the drought, but it's like pretty much anybody could have gone into the first round of the playoffs and lost. So that's not really saying a lot. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to be the coward and say I'd take the 8-8 eight eight in the playoff trip. I, I want the drought to be over and the discussion to stop on the drought. So, But 10-6 and six would definitely, I mean, involve a, you know, take Scott's side on this. It would involve a win over the Patriots on the road in a game that is meaningful to the Patriots in December where, you know, no one's won since Tom Brady. No AFC's team has won in New England uh, with Tom Brady playing a full game uh, in the regular season, I think since 2006, I read. So that would be huge um, in that regard. And then to beat the Dolphins, they hit the double-digit win mark for the first time in 18 years would be something. But I'd rather not hear about the drought anymore. So I, I'll take the 8-8 eight eight side. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because at 10-6, and six, I'd have to look back at the schedule and decide if I was going to be mad about a game they should have won that they didn't or if I feel like at 10-6, and six, like it's such rarefied air at ten and six that they didn't re- like really have business winning ten games anyway. That um, that it, it's not really fair to go back and say, oh, you know, 
they should have beat the Bengals if only they, I mean, beat the Bengals. It's like, well, like everybody loses some of those games. And if, it, if at 10 and six, you can't get in the playoffs, well, that's sort of tough luck. And tough luck has no regard for the last 19 years of football. It's just tough luck when it's going to be tough luck. I almost feel that way at nine and seven. At nine and seven, I probably will, we probably will go back if they don't make the playoffs and say, okay, what was the game that they needed? And did we have a right to expect them to win that? And did we have a right to expect them to win this many at the beginning of the year? But those are all questions uh, for potentially later, not not even necessarily later. Um, because right. and, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but what this leads me to, which I think is, is interesting, it might be more of an off-season discussion, but this is one of the first Bill seasons I can remember where I feel like the number of games where I'm like, ooh, they were lucky to pull that out, exceeds the number of how could they have lost that game type of games, you know? Right. Again, that's just my people. Look at the the Atlanta game uh, where it's like, oh, they just kept getting good field position. House kept nailing 90-yard field goals every play. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, the Chiefs game where they tried so hard to give it away at the end. Even this past week, like, hey, let's give up an onside kick after giving up a bunch of fourth quarter yeah. points. Like, there are games like Colts game. Yeah, the Colts, oh, my, yeah, that's the perfect example. After that two-point conversion, I cursed, and I thought, well, that's that. And then a bizarre penalty flag is thrown uh, you know, a decade later uh, on that. Place. The, the Bucks game where they set Bill's history for the latest time <laughs> they've ever come yeah. from double digits. Yeah, that was, uh, there was, th- those are right there. And where as far as games that they were, man, how could they lose that? There aren't really many because they seem to get killed in each game. People might yeah. want to reference that they lose. The only one people might reference is the, the Panthers game where the ball went off Zay Jones' hands. But what I think people forget about that is it was a 6-3 to three game and Cam Newton threw had a man wide open in the end zone at the end of that game and threw it away, you know, missed him entirely. They had to settle for a field goal. If the Panthers hit that play, that drive wouldn't have even mattered uh, at the end of the game. So I think that would have been one where it would have been like, how did they pull this out? How did Cam Newton not hit that pass? He hits 97% of the time. So I think think it'll be interesting if we have to go back and say, which game could the Bills have? Because I think it might evolve into a discussion of, uh, well, they were, uh, they were lucky to get as far as they did. Yeah, this, I, is, this is where me and Frank come to blows about the Chargers game, but we'll save that for the offseason. You're going to be like Nathan Peter, and I'm going to be like, yeah, but they lost by 30 points. And uh, they're like five interceptions <laughs> in one half. <laughs> right. Um, so we can talk about that. I, but we'll, uh, you know, and then I counter yeah. the Bengals game where they lost by four and had enough people to win, but whatever. Um, anyway. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on from this because it, not move on from it. Do you, I mean, yeah, yeah. Into the playoffs. You already, you already, you already talked about the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's pretty set at this point. I mean, right. everyone knows who to root for and we just, I mean, everyone assumes that we're going to lose with the Pats and you and we have to go down and beat the dolphins again in two weeks. That's the biggest thing. I mean, if we do that, then yeah, we've the other, the other ourselves a shot. They, they make it. I, I, Frank and I were saying before <laughs> on air, like the most, uh, you know, the thing I fear the most, and it's a very possible scenario, is a two-way shot tie at nine and seven with the Chargers, which would put them them out. So, and then you know, it's it's weird to know who to root for. I should say, I mean, Scott pointed out we do know who to root. You need to root for the Bills first and foremost, even though they face long odds. You really want to root for an upset of Indy over Baltimore, even though that's fairly long odds. And you definitely want to root for the Rams to beat Tennessee. All the others, you you want San Francisco to beat Jackson, or you want Jacksonville to beat San Francisco just to win that division, but that hopefully shouldn't be huge unless it's that extreme ten and six scenario where they miss that Frank discussed. Right. And the other that Chargers game is so tough to to pick because 
what if the Chargers beat the the Jets? You're like, oh crap, they, you know. And if the Bills lose, that's a big problem because now you're looking at a potential two way tie. But maybe it's a three way tie, and it's a good thing. Or maybe Kansas City loses to Miami, certainly plausible. And then uh, Kansas City loses the last week, and LA wins the division, and Bills have tiebreakers in a two way over Kansas City. So the other games are a little tricky, but you know you want Buffalo to win. You know you want Indianapolis to win. Those are games that are against the odds of happening. Uh, and what you definitely know you want is for the Jaguars to win, which is thankfully they are heavily favored, and the Rams to win over the Titans, and they are heavily favored. Right. So let's, let's let's hope the two heavily favored things happen. At least one of the two upsets happen. You seem pretty safe rooting against the Chiefs if you want to. It doesn't seem like it it changes things. Uh, which, right. You said the Chargers is a little tougher call. Um, yeah, yeah, because Chargers, yeah, Chargers could be three-way tie, good, two-way tie, bad. But if Chargers win the division, you're in the opposite situation with the Chiefs. If you have the same, but right. only if you have the same record as the Chiefs, which is two-way tie, good, three-way tie, bad. So it's it's tough to figure the, the how that AFC West is going to shake out. Right. The the, the um yeah the, the for sure is that are good are the Ravens losing and really more importantly the Titans losing because I think they're the they are the best bet to 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 collapse and give you a chance at the at the at the season at nine and seven. We will know more after this week. After this week, the good news is, you know, come let's see Monday night Steelers, Texans, Raiders, Eagles. None of those games should matter enough for the Bills' uh, playoff chances. I don't think because um, none of these tiebreakers seem to be getting down to like strength of schedule or anything. Uh, so. The good news is by the end of the day, Sunday, we should have a good handle on what the Bills need to do with regards to winning and help as far as getting in. Um, they, they can't clinch this week. That's the other thing. They can't, they can't be eliminated, but they also can't clinch. Um, so that's, that's good. That's good. Uh, moving on to uh, we have Twitter and Facebook. Not much. On the yeah, not much action on, on them. I did see Brian Punt posted he found old VHS tapes in, in the UK, and he is watching. Um, if you go to our Facebook page, .com backslash MNY, you can see Brian is posting photos of um, – he keeps posting the back of Jim Kelly's head in each of these photos. Uh, but it says <laughs> it's this nice graphic. It's, it's from Sky Sport Live. It says red zone offense, three opportunities, two touchdowns, one field goal. Uh, it's 1996 Bills Redskins. Uh, the Bills will win this game uh, handily. Uh, they're up 24 to seven in the third. Uh, and there's the whole, you know, offense. The that great 1996 offense: 189 yards rushing, 124 yards passing for 313 total yards with five minutes left to go in the third, as opposed to 150 total yards for Washington. Um, so Brian posted that. That was nice to see, but not much else. Anything on Twitter, Paul? No, it was quiet on, on Twitter. I had posted a few hours before the game, which was my fault. Uh, so let me know if you had any uh, comments, but we'll just go into some of the you know interesting uh, notes during the game. Uh, it was good to see Oakland lose on Sunday night that Ryan pointed out. It really takes them out of a, a threatening position. Um, yeah, but otherwise, Brian, on when we, uh, we were interacting on on Twitter, you know, we didn't expect the Bills to be in this position a month ago, never mind before this season. So despite the number of concerns, there's definitely room for, for praise. And uh, they they did, did really well to win a big December uh, game. Uh, Jasmine and Grant were very talkative with me, as always, which is, is good. So it was nice talking to them. 
Um, Frank L is always very engaged. Probably the best commenter we have by far. Not even close. I agree. Yeah. Um, but good baseball yeah. thoughts too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Follow. 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 Uh, what is it? Do you still have Nationals One Hundred and One? Is that still? That's still. Yeah. That's that's, that's the only. That's one right. That's your tweet. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. No. Oh. Thanks everyone for chatting on Twitter. But yeah, I didn't really have too much going on uh, post game. So just keep it talking. I look forward to chatting with you guys on Sunday. Very good. Um, and, I, you know, honestly, that leads right into your This Day in Bill's history. It does. All right. We're actually, we're actually moving along on this podcast. I feel like we should stall, but I, I guess we'll, we'll go. I'm happy to. I mean, no. this is what happens. In, uh, yeah. Drive on. <laughs> All right. Onward we go. So there were a few uh, honorable, I guess, honorable and dishonorable mentions for This Day in Bill's history, which I won't get into. The last, they, one of the last times they played on this day, might have been the last time, was 2009. And it was the second last time they played on this day in a 17-10 to 10 loss to the Patriots, uh, then Ralph Wilson Stadium, now near a field, of course. So that was a deceptively close score. This was in a uh, Matt Castle uh, game uh, where the Bills just really, you know, screwed the pooch and, and just it was, it was, it was sad. Let's put that. Actually, no, this wasn't the Matt Castle game. When was, I don't even remember this game. So we're not even That's hard to do, right? It's hard I, to jump Paul. Yeah. That, and I remember most, like I was going to, the one I really wanted to go to and I worry I'm going to miss it because whenever December 20th rolls around, I'm going to be tempted to talk about the game. I'm actually going to talk about, um, but the bills played the saints in the Superdome, And this was at a point when uh, the bills had, you know, were just undefeated against the NFC during the Super Bowl era, say meaningless regular season finales. And the saints had, Four Pro Bowl linebackers were one of the best teams there uh, in the league that season. They ended up finishing 12-4. and four. Um, The loss to the Bills was – they only lost two home games that year, the Bills and 49ers, uh, two elite teams. Um, so, you know, but we'll talk about that game at some point in, in future seasons. I'll make a note because that was one I'd be interested more in, in talking about. But instead, we are going to go to 1997, 20 years ago today. The Buffalo Bills and the Brett Favre-led Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Packers, uh, at this point, were coming off uh, a Super Bowl championship. They had won it the, the year before. They would go again this season and lose to the Dolphins. The Bills, this was the first year of the post-Jim Kelly era. And boy, that was the beginning of the Todd Collins era. And it was also the end of the Todd Collins era. It was, it was a rough season. So... Uh, they had some memorable games. We talked about the crazy comeback win over the Colts early in the season. Um, they'd lost the prior week to the Tennessee Oilers in their only week of existence, the only year of existence for the Tennessee Oilers, back before they knew they named them the Titans because there's not really oil wells in Tennessee. Um, so the Bills had gotten off to a decent start. Not a decent start, but they were at least, you know, six and uh, six and seven going the last few games. So they still had a chance. They got destroyed in Chicago. They lost at home to what was, in 97, a fairly, uh, you know, a good but not great Jacksonville team. Oh, they finished 11-5. and five. And then they went on to Green Bay. So it was announced before the game, you might remember, that this was going to be the last Bills game of special teams ace and wide receiver Steve Tasker. Now, you guys, uh, you guys may remember the details of this. You may not. But I'm going to read... Uh, Straight from Steve Taskers from the Buffalo Bills, uh, a slight segment on this game 
uh, titled A Curtain Call to Forget. I played my final game on December 20th, 1997 at historic Lambeau Field in Green Bay, or should I say I played my final three minutes that day because that's how long my work shift lasted thanks to a bonehead move on my part. Here's what happened. I was back to field punt after the Packers went three and out on their first series and the ball sailed over my head. As it bounced towards the end zone, it supposedly granced off our cornerback Ray Jackson and the Packers recovered it for a touchdown. I didn't believe it hit Ray, so I sprinted toward the referee to try to convince him of his error. But while doing so, I accidentally bumped one of the officials. I was so focused on arguing my case about the ball not having hit Ray that I didn't realize what I had done. The referee had no choice but to jettison me because that was the rule. I couldn't argue with it because any physical contact with an official was an automatic ejection. As I jogged toward the locker room, I felt like a fool. I said to myself, nice curtain call, Tasker, you doofus. Three freaking minutes and you're done. Uh, I mentioned that, you know, Marv Levy, in honor of him, and sent him out for the coin toss. Brett Favre and Reggie White uh, were the Packers captains that day, and they shook his hand and gave him a hug. Uh, and then he said, when he reached the visitor's locker room, the attendant, a kindly old guy dressed head to toe in Packers regalia, asked me what has happened. After I told him, he said, oh, man, come on over here and get a sandwich. So I took my helmet off and sat there with him, eating a sandwich, drinking a Dr. Pepper, and watching the game on television. Talk about bizarre. Um so it goes into some more details if you want to uh, read this book. And he figured his teammates would rip him. And Jerry Ostrowski was the first one in the locker room. He looked at him, looked away, and then looked at him again. Started grinning to me and said, Steve Tasker, you are the man. I want to go out just like you did. I'm going to end my career by getting thrown out of a game. That was awesome. So he said that helped to break the tension. And he apologized to, to Marv. And then, you know, Marv argued with the officials. Bills got trounced that day, 31 to 21. The actual stats of this game um, are not really all that worth going into. Van Pelt, 23 of 44 uh, for 255 yards, no touchdowns, three picks, was only sacked one time. Uh, Brett Favre only threw 18 times for 156 for the uh, put Steve Bono in the lineup. Uh, no real big offensive numbers for the Bills except Quinn Early, um, a big day for Buffalo, uh, seven catches, 120 yards in what ended up being his, uh, you know, he had one more season left with the Bills. That was the last year as their primary receiver. Um, however, there is one good bit of trivia, or uh, two good bits of trivia on this day. What makes this game memorable besides the Tasker story I just told you is that this was Marv Levy's last game as head coach. No one knew it at the time, not even Marv, but he went to Ralph after the game. Ralph initially refused his resignation, said, no, you've got to keep going. We're going to get you more talent next year. And Marv said he made up his mind. This was really the end of an era. It was not only, you know, Kelly retiring the year before. Uh, now we the, the team had lost Marv Levy, uh, and they had to go in a whole new direction, and Wade Phillips ended up being hired in 98. It was uh, Todd Collins' last uh, game in a Bills uniform. He did not play in this game because he was hurt, and Van Pelt was the starter. But uh, that, was, that was it for him. Uh, Van Pelt would return to a backup role. But there was one other Bill who played his – final game uh, with the Bills uh, that day. It will be the subject of our trivia question. So I had been watching Bills games really since 1987. So this was really my 11th season of watching games. In all of those games, Marv Levy was the head coach, and I had never, never, ever, not once seen them attempt a fake punt. And in this game, lo and behold, the Bills attempted a fake punt. <laughs> and not only did they attempt a fake punt, but it worked just absolutely uh, beautifully in this game. So Chris Moore took the snap, 
uh, faked like he was going to punt, heaved it, uh, 29-yard completion. It was more. It was not quite that far uh, because there was run after the catch. But he threw the ball, uh, and it was caught. So the guy who caught the ball, running with it down the field and realizing, I, I could get a touchdown here. So he looks – he makes a very uh, bad – let's just say a bad error in judgment on this. And mind you, at this point – uh, and Chris Moore, by the way, had a punt blocked in the third quarter of this game. So this had been a rough game for, for Chris Moore. Um, but at this point, um, you know, the team was, um, you know, trying to trying to make something happen. So fourth quarter, fourth and ten, the Bills player running down the field looks behind him and says, I think I have a touchdown. This is going to be so awesome. I pow. He totally forgot that there was a punt returner who usually lines up on punting plays and just gets absolutely leveled while looking behind him to see if anyone can catch him before the end zone, completely forgetting that, oh, yes, there's a punt returner at the other end of the field who's charging after me to try to tackle me. So he gets nailed. He fumbles the ball, uh, knocked pr- pretty much silly. The fumble was recovered by the Bills. They did end up driving and scoring a touchdown uh, to pull within you know 10 at that point in the game, trying to pull within eight, but missed the two-point conversion. So that was this Bill's final game. It was really his final play. There were some passes intended for him uh, later in the game, but that was still the beginning of the, uh, of the end. So uh, with that said, um, can you name uh, this Bill's player who, was the, who got the reception from Chris Moore on the fake punt? Uh, I can't. I could try. Um... I, I did pull up the 1997 Buffalo Bills season on Wikipedia, and I have seen some of the roster. But right. I, so I'm I'm going to go with a name that I read that might be the right answer, but I don't have a real reason to think it's the right answer. Um, right. But uh, I can't decide if Quinn Early was too good of a player to be on special teams. If he, but he was a wide receiver, and it would be it would make sense that he would forget that there would be somebody down there. If he was, you know, only in there, but then somebody would have noticed. Yeah, I, I'll stick with Quinn Early. I think Quinn Early is the bad guess, but I'm going to stick with him. All right, he's going with uh, Quinn Early. Scott, what do you say? Frank, uh, as usual, you were close. You were on the right track. Uh, I think he's the one guy that you were forgetting. Guy played on special teams a little more regularly than Quinn Early did, which was, uh, he, again, he was moonlighting at this time. Uh, mm. But uh, Kansas Senator Bob Dole. Also oh, yeah. was the one who was the one who did actually end up catching that pass and then getting leveled by the punt returner. Do you guys remember who the punt returner was? Aaron uh, Sharper? I can't remember. I think it was uh, Errol Flynn. <laughs> I was going. Was it Jack? I was, go, <laughs> I was going to go with George George H W Bush, not George oh, yes. W Bush, but George H W Bush. Herbert, I believe was 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 playing for the Packers at that point. Uh, after again, after already being president at that point, he was in his retirement from politics, but, but not, not from from wrecking guys who aren't paying attention. Like I think, uh, when you're president, you no longer have college eligibility, but you can <laughs> play in the NFL if they'll let. That's you. true. Yeah, absolutely. If you're good enough, right? So, um, yeah, you know, it's funny too. People remember when Dole ran for president; it was the Dole Kemp. Uh, ticket. So both yeah. of people on the ticket, uh, Jack in the past and Dole in the future, it ended up playing for the Bills 
uh, yeah. you know, at, at some point in time. So really, that's quite the accomplishment. We were really hoping OJ would join them, but he he ran into some some trouble. Yeah, so. and, and again, that that ticket fared about as well as the Bills have in general. Right. So <laughs> winning a big one. That is, <laughs> yes, arguably even better than the Bills have that ticket went, which is saying a lot about the Bills' fortunes. I will and, say, I will say briefly, the 1997 season and probably whatever the first Greg Williams season was. Um, the nineteen ninety seven season was my second year in college, and I and I have linked to the video game that I was spending all of my quarters on, um, in in the chat room, Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter, which I would mess anybody up at still, um, because I got very good at it, but did not do very well in school and didn't watch as much football, um, in college. I don't know what to say. There was a lot of people who weren't Bills fans, but we just, I don't know, um, and they weren't good there. They were, they were six, so that's why I guess I don't remember Bob Dole being on yeah. the field. Yeah, no, we, I also would have accepted as an answer, um, uh, former Bills tight end, uh, yeah, Lonnie yeah. Dimitrius Johnson. Damn it. That was my second guess. That was my backup. Guess. It was, uh, it was only appropriate that his career went out that way because he was a, a high expectation. Uh, I believe he was a, what a first or second round pick. I don't see it on pro football reference, but I know he was a, uh, a high, oh, he was second round pick in the 94 draft. Never really excelled. He ended up playing one year. The next year at the Chiefs, started uh, two games out of the 14 with the Chiefs, caught 10 passes on 20 targets for 98 yards the entire season, uh, which honestly <laughs> wasn't that much worse than his last year at the Bills, where he had 14 catches for 146. And mind you, he started 16 games that year, but by that point had been eclipsed by, eclipsed, excuse me, by Jay Reamer's must. So, so the Lonnie Johnson Bob Dole hit by a by a truck game. The the first time I saw Marv Levy call a fake punt game the Marv Levy's last game of his career and Steve Tasker's last game slash three minutes of his career all on this day in Bill's history, December 20th, 1997. Ta-da. I'm glad we didn't stretch it out by the way. That was a long this day in Bill's history. I didn't even intend that. Yeah, you did. (laughs) You always have quite a a, a lot to to share and it's always very edifying. And I end up looking things up. That's how we found the weird eBay stuff last time, I think, was we Or linking to things um, like the 1998 Buffalo Bill season, where they finished 10 and six, 10 and six, and third in the division, and the AFC East sent four teams to the playoffs. Um, that was also the year the that Jimmy Johnson jumped up and down on Foodie Foot, but not that I hold grudges. The uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bills are playing a football game this week against the New England Patriots. Uh, the last time they played, it was 23 to three. I am looking for the uh, yes. The, the Patriots are seven and a half point favorites. Um, so the the bill. So that's only a touchdown at home. That's a lot of points for it's it's actually not as many as you might think um, for New England uh, in a home game. But uh, you know these these spreads tend to not necessarily reflect reality. Uh, it might be a question of people saying, "Well, what's wrong with the Patriots? Maybe I should bet the." Also, kind of depends where you're getting your 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 line from. On the ESPN line, it's uh, Pats by twelve. Pats by twelve. Well, I'm looking at Odd Shark. I suppose I could go to Bovada while we're here, uh, which is the only other one I know. Um, football. Uh, anyway, we all know that the Patriots are good. They can throw the football. Um, Gronkowski will be on the field. We've talked a little bit about whether. Uh, yeah, thirteen points at Bovada. Okay, never mind. Yeah, so it's so this is looking like a big spread. So I don't know if you want to bet the if you want to bet the Bills 
I think you should probably take one of these other lines. If you're looking to bet the Patriots, then maybe you want the shorter line. Is that right, or am I doing it wrong? Yeah. Well, you want to play both ends against the middle, basically. Right, right. So if you think the the Pats are going to win by 10, then go to to your corresponding website and bet accordingly. Um, Or don't, if that's illegal where you live. Uh, Indeed. (laughs) um, But... The, the they, look, they got smothered last time by the the Patriots. Um, they 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 couldn't do anything. I think it's respectable they held the Patriots to twenty three points. I think that's something to be kind of proud of. I know, uh, uh, Coach McDermott went out of his way to bend over backwards to not say that or anything like that, and kept saying things like, "Well, we need to improve." And well, you held them to twenty three points, yeah, but I guess it wasn't enough. And it's like, well, you weren't going to hold into two, Scott, Sean, you know. So like, can we just shooter? Shooter, can we just come out and say, yeah, the offense needs to play better? You know that you know maybe we maybe it's not unthinkable that the to expect your team to score twenty four points sometimes. Um, anyway, do we have any look? If you are in that locker room and you are it's you against the world and you can taste the playoffs and you just beat the Dolphins and you look at it and and you know you take these things week to week, but you say to yourself. If you want your best opportunity to make the playoffs, if you want to change the face of the game, win this week. If you win this week, it changes almost everything. Everybody starts chasing you instead of the other way around. Um, And you go out and you beat this, you know, the playoffs start this week if you're Buffalo. If you go out and win this game, you really have set yourself up. Do you think that's enough to get them over the hump in New England and beat the Patriots, Paul? I did. I didn't know. It's a tall, tall order. I will say, after watching the way they performed last week, especially in the first half, I am more optimistic to the point where I don't think it's unrealistic that the Bills could win this game. Uh, but is you know we've we've talked about it is such such a tall order to go into New England. Uh, they've got something to play for still. They haven't clinched anything except the division at this point. They haven't clinched a first-round bye. They haven't clinched home field throughout the playoffs, so they're going to be motivated right. to play. Um, Brady's going to have a full complement of weapons for the most part, it looks like, except, of course, Edelman, who's been out all season. Uh, and I think it's it's going to be a challenge. But I, my, my opinion is I think the Bills play this game, and obviously I could be wrong. I think they play it very strong. I think they play one of their better games of the season, uh, but I sadly just don't think it's going to be enough against uh, the Patriots team. So I'm going to say this one's more of a nail biter than you might expect, and I'm going to say uh, Patriots win this one. Um, say 24 to 21. Okay. Do you also want to pick? Well, make a just uh, a claim on whether there will be some sort of retaliation against Gronkowski. Uh, yes. Good. Good. Uh, Either directly I- or in baseball fashion where they would go after somebody else. Uh, I, I will say there will be, and I will say it will be indirectly. I don't think they're going to go right after Gronk simply because there are many teams that have players that can go after Gronk successfully. The man is a giant. He is, yeah. he is enormous. So it would need, it would need to be Richie incognito would have to, would right. have to somehow get on the field while the, while the bills are on know. defense. Kyle Williams could fall accidentally into that guy's knees and it would, but, but but meatball's shorter than him. Like Gronk's got the reach. That's the problem. Yeah, but when you what I'm saying is when you line up, if you are a player intent on getting to one of his knees, you can make that happen. 
it's like you i it's not i'm not talking about like you're you're talking about like yeah maybe there's a twist that we run kind of right it's in not, his direction it's not like you're going to square off against gronk i think you're right i think i i think that i mean you can get his knees or when if you want them and it'll be too late and if you want to send out i don't know who's on the practice squad that we could all up today how would that's you that's not cap, no, it's cap cappy Right. Let's, let's make yeah. sure we don't send Cappy after him. The problem is, in Buffalo, there's a large contingent that is huge. There are huge Gronk fans because he's from there, and he's huge in the Polish community. So you couldn't even say, like, you, you'll be forever loved in Buffalo because there's a large number of people that would be like, mm, no, not you. Um, but I don't know. Okay, so you're saying, yes. You are still going to have to drive. A, you are still going to have to buy a drink uh, in right. Buffalo afterwards. In parts yes. of Buffalo. <laughs> Um, but you're saying yes. You think that there will be some sort of nonsense? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be someone on the Bills' defense against someone on the Patriots' offense, probably a receiver. And I think there's just going to be a late hit that someone tries to get away with. I that's that's going to be, and I think it's going to be early in the game. I think it's going to be first quarter. Fingers and hope that nobody gets suspended over it. Yes, um, Scott. Um, so first on the retaliation, cause I think that's a more interesting question to me. Sure. I don't, I don't think it will. I, I don't think that they are. I think McDermott's like brainwashed these guys enough to where they're, they're kind of a little out of it. Um, I think they're, I think there will be extra drawing. Yes. And the problem is, is that there's probably going to be like a late hit or an unsportsmanlike conduct anyway, just cause it's football and it will eventually get wrapped into that anyway. So I, I don't, I will not say that we're, it's going to be anything specific that someone's going to get um, targeted. Um, but I could see something bad happening and then it just kind of gets out of hand uh, on some level. So um, I could see that happening. I'm not even sure that that will happen. I think it'll be pretty tame um, in terms of the actual game itself. I checked the weather um, hoping for a little bit of Christmas miracle. Uh, it is going to be apparently uh, wet and snowy on Monday. So if it's wet and snowy on Sunday, I reserve the right to change my pick. But uh, if it's clear and sunny as it's uh, expected at this point, um, I think the Bills are going to get murdered. Um, oh, I think wow. that I think I think they have pl- they have not played well against good teams this year. Um, the Patriots are the best team they've played this year. They did not give any any reason to think that they would play well based off of how they performed two or three weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, and the Patriots have all the motivation in the world to continue winning and try to get home field advantage for their rematch against the Steelers in, in five, six weeks, whatever it'll be. Right. So I, I see this uh, out of hand, potentially by halftime, um, if not shortly thereafter. And I will pick the Patriots uh, 42 Bills 10. Okay. All right. So we've got two differing opinions on how much the Patriots will win by. Uh, <laughs> And you're not going to hear any different from me, unfortunately. I'm not going to be brave and bold and pick a new, uh, you know, pick the Bills. Um, I think I said last week that I, you know, I was basically picking the Bills until the end of end of the season because I can't pick against them. I think that unf- I think that the way I'm going to rationalize it is I'm not really picking against them. This has always been a loss in my book, and and it's yeah. you know finishing nine. This isn't this isn't an NFL team they're playing. This is the Patriots. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. Since they were certainly since the five and two mark, I've basically been on team nine and seven. Could get to get me to nine and seven, um, and 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 let the chips fall where they may. So I don't think I'm being inconsistent here. I agree with Paul. I'd like to agree with Paul. Maybe I'll split the difference. I'll say it's thirty four twenty four. It'll be you know 
not quite a, a single score, but maybe closer than 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 people thought it was. Maybe it'll be close, and then it'll get away from them at the end. Um, certainly, the Bills have not been a good second half adjustment team, and so I can definitely hear uh, Scott's point that um, in the second half things can get away from them, um, especially against better teams. But you know, you hold your head high, you do your best. If you if you can steal one, great. Um, you know, you go in there believing you can win it, and if you don't, you know you're alive the next week against. Uh, a Dolphins team you just beat, um, and so hopefully you can do the same. This for potentially week. all the marbles. For potentially all the marbles. I would like to at least see, and we should discuss this more next week, at least see them win that game and give themselves the chance uh, that they didn't give themselves against the, the Steelers. Um, you know, if you win and you can't make it, I, it's just more respectable that they, they you feel like they probably gave it all they could, and we'll go back and dissect the season then. But... Um, uh, certainly, uh, this week could be nice, but I don't think it's going to happen. As for retaliation, I don't know. I think Scott's probably got more of the right of it in that, like a Jerry Hughes late hit call is just, I mean, sign me up for one of those ever, you know, I'll, I'll put a dollar up. How could you tell? Because right. he just does that every game anyway. Right. So, how would you even, how maybe that's been his long con now, and now you'll never know that. <laughs> Well, and the other thing is, is Jerry Hughes late hit of Tom Brady looks probably like Jerry Hughes, um, you know, stepping on Tom Brady's shadow at some point during the right. game at which the refs blow a flag. So I feel like this week it would be the week to finally actually give him a late hit. And like, like, <laughs> going to call it anyway. But maybe I, maybe I should just run him over anyway and drive him into the ground. And, you know, even though it's a late hit, because you're only going to get the, the, the 15 yards, you're not going to get suspended for that. It's going to be a football play, um, you know. And, and it'll be more effective this week because they kicked the trainer guy off the sidelines. So Brady won't, like, be able to go back and, you know, get his magic, uh, right. <laughs> get his plus three healing potion out and get back on the field. Right. Um, good, good, good point on the plus three healing potion. That's good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so maybe 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 we'll see something like that. That's in a gray area, um, uh, you know, or certainly like uh, Gronk will get pushed around a little uh, after the play, but not necessarily any sort of you know just bumping into him and whatnot. Anyway, let's 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 move on. We have we've had a very nice podcast. Uh, if at least I say so. Uh, if yeah, you, I, think, I think we've done well. Let's not blow it. Yeah, you can email us bbillsmny at gmail. Go to facebook.com backslash bbillsmny. bbillsmny.wordpress.com is where we host our podcast. But you can find us on iTunes if you search Buffalo Bills. Maybe next year in Google or iTunes will come up. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at bbillsmny. You can talk to Paul, especially on game days there. Um, we are happy to hear from you. We are happy, except for Scott, we are happy to hear from you uh, <laughs> with regards to our podcasts what you like, what you don't like, how the season's going. Perhaps you just think we're hoity-toity and you want to hear our history, uh, you know, like other podcasts are interested in, like us. You know, they'll just have some sort of backhanded way to call us upper crust and, <laughs> and not really argue. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have a quick question before we go. Okay. Is this the latest we've ever gone without saying the three magic words that the yes, podcast is named? Yes, I was going to bring that up too. And you know what? We're, we're not going to be able to say them next week either. Like they could... Yeah. It's true. It's just you like you it. expected them to lose, and unless it's only like a six percent drop in the playoff chances, yeah, right. right. So it's, yeah, we're not going. This will be the latest we'll have ever uttered it. Yeah. Um, heck, I would let's uh, let's utter it in mid January if we can. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what we can do. You know, um, or not at all. But until then, at least for a couple more weeks. Uh, thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. 
I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.